today at Grace. We're in Colorado. With the grandkids searching for America's greatness. Are you looking for hope? My amazing parents taught me to look for hope in the Lord. And that gave me a passion to explore God's incredible creation. I'm Jim Scudder, Jr. Let's go on an adventure together and find hope in grace. You guys want to play? Yeah. Okay, come on, let's play. Ready for the ride of your life? Here we go. Whee! Hey, Grams, what is that? A flag? It is. Do you know where we got this? Mm-mm. Well, I'll tell you about it. Do you want to come down? Okay, come on down. This is a flag, and Congressman Crane gave this flag, which flew over the Capitol building in Washington, D.C., to my dad as a gift. What does the flag stand for? America. That's right. And when we have the flag, we want to make sure we respect it. And whenever they sing the national anthem, we always stand and we're respectful, right? Why? Because America is a wonderful, wonderful country. I'd like to take you guys on some trips to show you how amazing our country is. And maybe we can discover the secret to America's greatness. Okay, ready to go? Let's do it. Just before our trip out west, I had a chance to interview the former Secretary of State, Mike Pompeo. After the event, Charlie asked Mr. Pompeo about the secret to America's greatness. What's the secret to America's greatness? People like you and our Judeo-Christian founding that makes America such a unique, special, wonderful place. The privilege that we have to live in this blessed country is really special. Good job, Charlie. What a great answer, Mr. Secretary. Charlie is five, Willow is seven, and Chloe is two. All three of these great kids are always ready for adventure. We took off from Chicago and flew to Colorado Springs. I wanted to take them to Colorado first because of the famous mountain, Pikes Peak. It was here 130 years ago that a young teacher's visit would give her inspiration for the words that would become one of America's favorite patriotic songs. We are almost at the top of Pikes Peak, you guys but it snowed so we can't get all the way to the top. But this is a beautiful mountain, the most famous mountain in Colorado. Lots of people come to Pikes Peak, why? Because a famous explorer discovered it, Zebulon Pike. Pike. Yep, and there was another English teacher that came out to Colorado and she wrote the song, America the Beautiful. She wrote the poem, which became the song. During the summer of 1893, a young English teacher named Catherine Lee Bates joined some colleagues on a long train journey from Massachusetts to Colorado. Shortly after she arrived, she wrote in her journal. Today, some of the other teachers and I decided to go on a trip to 14,000 foot Pikes Peak. When I finally saw the view, I felt great joy. 
All the wonder of America seemed displayed there in the sea-like expanse. Later that evening, despite the breathtaking landscape she had seen, Catherine seemed troubled. She told her friends, There are many countries on this earth that have been great, but they have not always been good. Unless we are willing to crown our greatness with goodness and our bounty with brotherhood, our beloved America may go the same way. In the silence of the hours just before dawn, Catherine Bates started writing. skies for amber waves of green for purple mountain majesties above the fruited plain America to show you America on this road trip. And I want you to see that this is a great nation that God has given us. Are you guys excited about that? <laughs> when people tell you that we're not a great nation, they're wrong because we are a great nation, a nation of beauty and a nation founded upon God and his word. You guys ready to see America? Let's go. And we went from there on an epic adventure, continuing west to discover the secret of America's greatness. And what a fun trip that was. What beautiful grandkids I have. Amen? Good, because you can stay in the church now. And what we're gonna do today is share with you a few of the clips from this new series that's airing right now, The Secret to America's Greatness. It's an in-grace series that we used the, the two most popular patriotic songs in America, America the Beautiful, as uh, like a placeholder for the entire episode. So America the Beautiful talks about um, the blessed country that we have and the beauty that we have. And so that was uh, episode one. We showed Pikes Peak, uh, the Grand Canyon, Colorado National Monument, arches. Uh, we went to the Redwoods and the Pacific Ocean, the Golden Gate Bridge, and told the story of America's resources, America's ingenuity, America's beauty. And then part two, we used the story of the Star-Spangled Banner and the origination of that there in Baltimore to tell the story of America's greatness from the perspective of heroes and our godly heritage. And so we'll be sharing some of those clips with you this morning. What I want to do is start by looking at Scripture and talk about government a little bit today. In 1 Samuel chapter 8, we start to read about Israel as a nation. They had been different than other nations. They wanted a king. And let's just pick up in verse 5 of 1 Samuel chapter 8. And said unto him, this is the people talking to Samuel, the prophet, 
Behold, thou art old, and thy sons walk not in thy ways. Now make us a king to judge us like all the nations. Before this point in Israel, and God's plan was for Israel to be led by God, just as they had followed the Lord out of Egypt, through the Red Sea, through the wilderness, and into Israel, so they could have continued to follow the Lord. Now, that was, that was what God wanted, but the people rebelled against that. Uh, they did whatever was right in their own eyes. It was, it was a crazy time, the time of the judges. And they looked around and they said, well, we want a king. Be careful what you ask for, okay? And in verse six, but the thing displeased Samuel when they said, give us a king to judge us. And Samuel prayed unto the Lord, and the Lord said unto Samuel, Hearken unto the voice of the people in all that they say unto thee, for they have not rejected thee, but they have rejected me, that I should not reign over them. According to all the works which they had done since the day that I brought them out of Egypt, even unto this day, wherewith they have forsaken me and served other gods, so do they also unto thee. Now therefore hearken unto their voice, howbeit yet protest solemnly unto them, and show them the manner of the king that shall reign over them. And Samuel told all the words of the Lord unto the people that asked, for, asked him for a king, and he said, this will be the manner of the king that shall reign over you. And then continuing down, it, it lists all of the things that this king is going to require of them. It's going, it, it, God says that the king is going to take your sons, your daughters, your fields, your vineyards, your olive groves, a tenth of your seed, your servants, your animals. And at the end of all of that, they said, we still want a king. And so that form of government that was in existence at that time, uh, monarchy basically is what they got. Now, their first king started out great, Saul. Uh, he started to decline rapidly, and uh, they got another king, David, great man, but still flawed. And that's the problem, isn't it, with leaders? That's the problem with human government. Every human government ever devised has been a disaster. Why? Because of our sinful nature. Always. Okay? So they didn't listen to Samuel. God gave them what they wanted. Be careful what you ask for. And every form of human government has been a disaster, with the exception of America, okay? At least in the last several hundred years. We have a, a, a country, it was a, a new concept, it was really an experiment in human government that was going to be a country founded upon biblical principles. America's founders did not want a monarchy. Uh, many of the people that came to America from Europe were trying to escape religious persecution. They were trying to get out of the heavy hand of the king. In 1774, a report to King George from the governor of Boston, he, he said this to King George, if you ask an American who is his master, he will tell you he has none, nor any governor but Jesus Christ. That was the mentality. They, they said, the only king over us is Jesus. Now, obviously, you can't have 
no government, because then you have anarchy, right? There has to be government, but they didn't want a monarchy. They obviously didn't want socialism. They knew the value of personal responsibility and reward for hard work. And that's actually a biblical principle. If you don't work, you don't eat. And so that's one of the clips and one of the points that I wanted to make in the series is that America, part of its greatness is that we have opportunity. We have the freedom to invest and work hard and create. And America has been one of the most amazing examples of creativity and invention, ingenuity, and prosperity that the world has ever seen. And I go through some of those things in this next clip, The Secret to America's Greatness. We enter California, the last state of our West Swing. Driving through the desert is both dull and mysteriously exciting at the same time. On the horizon, what I first thought was a mirage turned out to be hundreds of airplanes. We had to stop and check out Mojave Air and Spaceport and airliner boneyard. Airplanes are heavier than air. How do they go up in the air? Because they have wings. The wings, yeah. And somebody discovered that the air going over the wing creates lift and it go, they go up in the air. Aren't they amazing machines? One of the reasons that America is great is because of inventors. From the Wright brothers and their airplane, to Otis and his elevator, to Carrier and his air conditioner, America gave the world amazing and life-changing inventions. The United States is a country that fosters initiative and innovation, giving people who work hard and dream many great opportunities. America's founders wanted a country that gave people those opportunities. And so, yeah, there, like in any type of economic system, there are flaws in capitalism, but there's nothing that I've ever seen that is any better. And capitalism has provided us with tremendous opportunities. So let's make sure we don't ever vote for socialism. America's founders didn't want just a democracy. Now, we are in some sense a democracy. We are ruled by the the consent of the people, which is good. But there's a flaw with a pure democracy, and that is that the, the majority, the latest majority, could take us down some very terrible roads. And so they, they wanted to set up a structure where they had more than just a democracy. They created what is called a constitutional republic. Yeah, we have the will of the people, but the will of the people is constrained and guided by a, an amazing piece of paper where a lot of thought and a lot of biblical principles were put into place to create something that would protect our future and protect our freedoms. Because really, America was founded upon that one main principle that we are created by a creator and we have these inalienable rights that come from God. And one of those is freedom, liberty. And so this constitutional republic, this amazing thing that they, that they invented, that they perfected, has guided us for all these years. Now, I, I do believe that we're, we're leaving that 
mount, that mooring, that foundation, and that's one of my big fears. But as people that believe in Scripture and believe in God and believe in those principles of, of liberty, we can vote, and we ought to vote, and you better be voting and, and maybe you need to be getting involved and maybe you need to be looking at running for office. We have many opportunities, even locally, for you to do that and I would encourage that. Proverbs 29.2 says, when the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. But when the wicked bear rule, beareth rule, the people mourn. Romans 13.1 says, let every soul be subject unto the higher powers. For there is no power but of God, the powers that be are ordained of God. At the end of the day, we have to remember that those that are in authority here in government, God has allowed them to be, even those that you disagree with. And there are many that I disagree with. I disagree with the policies of many of our politicians in this state. When our governor says he wants to make the state of Illinois the, the most pro-choice state in the country, what a statement. What a statement. But God has allowed even our current governor to be in charge here, and we need to pray for him. We need to pray for him, and we need to honor them when we can. And so let's find that balance, and that's what God wants us to do. Well, we continued that trip all the way out to the Redwoods and on into uh, the Pacific Ocean to tell the story about the sea, from sea to shining sea, and all the wonderful things that God has given us naturally and beauty, the resources that we have, uh, the rivers that we have to be able to transport goods, the oceans that protect us, all of those things were covered in The Secret to America's Greatness, Part 1. And I also, on both episodes, talked about how every state constitution in the United States, all 50 states, have a reference in their constitution to God or the divine. Isn't that amazing? Every one, even liberal California. And while I was there, the fields were blossoming with an unusual bloom of wildflowers. So I sat with the grandkids and I even told them that California's constitution has a reference to, and thanks to God. And I, and I wish that, that we all could remember that and go back to those principles. Well, we wanted to continue the story and go east. So the next part of the, the trip was a trip from Chicago uh, out to the east coast, where we were able to cover a number of places and tell the story of America's greatness. And we tell the story of how we got the national anthem. We played it this morning. You're going to be hearing it again in this next clip. I always stand when I hear the national anthem, any verse of it. So you'll hear a couple of verses of the national anthem in these next series of clips and enjoy this part. Today I'm in Grace. Where in Fort McHenry. With the grandkids searching for the secret to America's greatness. With so many people saying America is not a good country, I decided to show my grandkids how wrong these detractors are. We set off across the United States in search of America's greatness, starting with Pike's Peak and the song that the mountain inspired, America the Beautiful, traveling all the way 
to the Pacific Ocean. This time, we'll go east from our home in the Chicago area to the places where America was born, Washington, D.C., Baltimore, Maryland, and New York City. I want to show Willow and Charlie that America is a good nation. No, make that a great nation. I want to show my grandkids and you the secret of America's greatness. Our first stop, the White House. All right, Willow and Charlie, look, that is the White House. And you know, this is where the story of the Star Spangled Banner actually starts. Why? Because the British in the War of 1812 came here. In 1814, they came to the White House and what did they do? Burned it down. They burned it down. And the president's wife was in the White House her name was Dolly Madison. Her husband is the president, James Madison, our fourth president. And she was making dinner. And then they said, oh no, the British are coming and they're gonna burn down the White House. You need to get out. And so she left all the food that was there ready for her husband. And she took down a big painting of George Washington. And she took down a big painting of herself and she fled the White House. And the British came into the White House and they ate their meal and they burned it down. You know, the only two things still in the White House right now from before 1814? What? The portrait of George Washington and the portrait of Dolly Madison. And then after the British burnt down the White House and they burnt down the Capitol and they burnt down other buildings, they were gonna attack Baltimore. But there was a big fort in the way. Do you guys know the name of that fort? Fort McHenry. Fort McHenry. In the late summer of 1814, the British set their sights on the largest port in the United States at the time, Baltimore, Maryland. Earlier in this series, we noted that every state's constitution in the United States has a reference to God or the divine. Here in Maryland, their constitution preamble says this, we the people of the state of Maryland, grateful to almighty God for our civil and religious liberty. It was September of 1814. Young America was on the ropes. Our capital had been captured and burned. Now the most powerful nation on earth was threatening our most important port, with their mighty worships. A 35-year-old lawyer named Francis Scott Key was negotiating the release of an American doctor aboard the British Navy's flagship. Key was successful in his negotiations, but because they knew too much about the battle plan, were kept out in the harbor eight miles away until the battle was over. It was a rainy, dreary day when the exploding mortar shells and newly invented concrete rockets started to fly. Could America survive? Or would this bombardment extinguish the flame of freedom? This is Fort McHenry, you guys. And a very important thing happened here that really would have changed America if it had happened any different than it did happen here. Y'all know the song, 
the Star Spangled Banner? Mm-hmm. No. Do you know the words of the national anthem where it talks about looking for the flag at the dawn and see if the flag is still there? But there's other words in the song like ramparts. Over the ramparts we watch. Do you know what a rampart is? It's that right there. It's these walls of the fort. That's called a rampart. So from the harbor, Francis Scott Key, who was out on a ship, he was actually an American, but he was on the British ship watching. And he was hoping, hoping that the flag would still be there. And is the flag there now? Yeah. There it is. So Major Armistead said, hey, we know that the British are gonna attack our fort. I wanna make this flag huge so they can't miss us. And so he went and got a woman named Mary Young Pickerskill. That's a funny name, isn't it? And she sewed the flag that we now know as the Star Spangled Banner. The size of this flag was incredible. It was absolutely huge, a lot larger than the flag they normally fly at these forts. The flag was 42 feet by 30 feet. And he said he wanted the star to be two feet tall from point to point. This is two feet, I think. So those stars were really big. And at the time, there were 15 stars and 15 stripes on the flag. Charlie and Willow, check it out. Fort McHenry and the flag. Can you imagine Francis Scott Key out here on the British ship? And he was wondering, with all that bombing and all the rockets, is the fort going to be there? Is the fort going to be there? And then in the morning, as the light came up from the east, the sun hit this big flag. And he said, the country survived, the fort survived. And America was saved. And then he wrote that amazing poem, and that became the lyrics to the song, what? The National Anthem. The National Anthem, the Star Spangled Banner. There's currently a debate about Francis Scott Key. 
the man who penned the beautiful words, land of the free and home of the brave, defended enslaved people in court and argued against the international slave trade, himself was a slave owner. Because of this, some have called to change our national anthem. Hopefully we won't let that happen. Some of our nation's founders were flawed, as in the case of all humans, but they did ascribe to the Declaration of Independence's famous words, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal and that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. Our history is our history. Allowing slavery and segregation was wrong, but the arc of America is good and we eventually got it right. If America were not a great nation, millions would not have tried to make this their home. I had a chance to take Charlie to New York City to see the Statue of Liberty. Lady Liberty, a symbol of America's beacon of light to the world, stands today, as she has for over 135 years, with her torch raised to the sky. The people coming to America on ships would have seen the Statue of Liberty, and that would have been freedom. We finally found freedom and opportunity in America. But then they would come here and get off the ship, and here is where they would first step onto American soil, and there were thousands and thousands of people that were processed here and uh, got to America right here on Ellis Island. This is an important part of our history, isn't it? Yeah. Isn't it cool that we're here? Yeah. America is also great because we are a nation willing to sacrifice. September 11, 2001 is a testimony of America's amazing heroes. All right, Charlie, we are at the 9-11 Memorial. If we're trying to find out why America is great, it's because we have heroes that ran into a burning building and firefighters and police officers went up into these buildings to rescue people. Are you thankful for heroes? Yeah. Are you thankful for firefighters and policemen? Yeah. Yeah. So let's always remember what happened here on 9-11. I think one of the most important things we can do as parents, grandparents, aunts, and uncles is to teach our kids what we have in America. And to show them that America is great, people are still uh, doing everything they can to come into this country to live here. And that really disproves the whole narrative that we're a systemically racist country or a, an evil country. If, if we were that way, people wouldn't be uh, flooding to get into our country. But America is great because of bravery and perseverance and heroes and why is it that we have a country that have so many people have offered their lives for others in this country? Why is it? Well, I think the secret to America's greatness really rests on this next part. And that is America is founded upon God. America is founded upon the foundation of biblical principles. 
Now, I'm not saying that America is now God's country, right? Uh, that America is, has replaced Israel and we're the hope of the world. Uh, you know, I think America can do a lot for God, but the answer to the world is not America, okay? So we have to keep that balance. But Patrick Henry, one of the great leaders during the Revolutionary War, he said it cannot be emphasized too strongly or too often that this great nation was founded not by religionists, but by Christians. Not on religions, but on the gospel of Jesus Christ. For this very reason, peoples of other faiths have been afforded asylum, prosperity, and freedom of worship. We want to show you, we filmed a number of segments at some of the memorials and monuments in Washington, D.C., and we don't have time to show you everything, but we want to show you a couple clips from me taking Charlie and Willow to Washington. We were there actually for the uh, Israel, the Israel 75th uh, anniversary celebration. Uh, but since I was there, we spent the day filming with the grandkids, and I want to show you a clip from that. Back in Washington, D.C., we took Charlie and Willow to several monuments and memorials. Throughout our history, our military leaders and commanders-in-chief have spoken very favorably of God, Jesus, and the Bible. All right, Charlie and Willow, where are we now? Washington Monument. Yep, the Washington Monument. How tall is it? 2,000 feet. You just made that up, but not quite. 555 feet tall. And I think it's supposed to be the tallest thing in Washington, D.C. And it was built to honor who? George Washington. George Washington. You know, he was the first president of the United States. He was an amazing man. He fought. Uh, he led our troops. He was a general in our Revolutionary War. Somebody said this about him. He was first in war, first in peace, and first in the hearts of his countrymen. America, guys, was founded upon God and the Bible. That's our history. No matter what anyone tells you, America is a good nation because it was founded by godly leaders like George Washington. I have a question for you. What? Whoever gives me the answer gets the prize. For what? What money is Abraham Lincoln on? A penny. A penny? That's right. You get the penny? That's worth a lot. And what else is he on? Um, a five. A five. Wow. Dude. There you go. Okay. Let me tell you guys a little bit about Abraham Lincoln. First of all, I think he was the greatest president we've ever had. Now, George Washington was a great, great president. Abraham Lincoln was great because he made a decision. Even though it meant the country was going to go to war against each other, it's called the Civil War, brother fighting against brother, he did it for freedom because there were a lot of people in this country that were enslaved. And what a wonderful man he was. He also was a person of faith. Later on in his life especially, he said some great things. On November 15th, 1862, Abraham Lincoln said this about our military. 
The discipline and character of the national forces should not suffer, nor the cause they defend, be imperiled by the profanation of the day or name of the Most High. At this time of public distress, adopting the words of Washington in 1776, men may find enough to do in the service of God and their country without abandoning themselves to vice and immorality. Lincoln added, the first general order by the father of this country, he was talking about George Washington, after the Declaration of Independence, indicates the spirit in which our institutions were founded and should ever be defended. The general hopes and trust that every officer and man will endeavor to live and act as becomes a Christian soldier defending the dearest rights and liberties of his country. Can you imagine a president saying those words with profound faith in God and a wonderful, wonderful idea that a soldier should act like a Christian? This is Abraham Lincoln. And I think, and I think that Willow got the short end of that stick. But that's what we think of first, right? When you think of a Lincoln on money as a penny. Uh, and I think I might have set Willow up with Charlie because I whispered to Charlie that he's on the five. So Charlie was pretty happy. And you should have seen Willow's face when she got a penny and Charlie got a five. I love it. And some of you are real sticklers on history. And I know some of you know that the Washington Monument is not 555 feet, right? Some of you know that. And I know you can't wait to get up to me and tell me that I was wrong. It's 555 feet, five inches. Now you can't come up to me, okay? But you are going to come up to me and tell me that it's not, it's the tallest um, object in Washington, D.C., but it's not because that's a law. Uh, it happens to be the proportion of road widths to building heights that the whole uh, capital has to be under. But it is the tallest uh, object in Washington, uh, D.C., and it was the tallest structure at that time ever in the world. So pretty cool uh, to be at those spots with the grandkids and to hear the words of our two, two greatest presidents, both you know, echoing the, the thoughts that we are, in essence, a Christian nation. Uh, not to say that other people of faith can't be here. No, that's the beauty of America, is we give them protection to believe anything or, or nothing. But to say that we aren't a Christian nation, that we don't have that foundation, is not true. And you're not going to hear that on the History Channel. But you're going to hear it on In Grace, and you're going to hear it in this church. Now, we have really started to lose our way. We've started to lose our heritage in America. We need to get Christianity back into schools and government and into our society. Isaiah chapter 5 verse 20 says, Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. The final location that I wanted to take, Charlie and Willow, was to Arlington National Cemetery. I wanted them to see row after row after row after row after row of white tombstones that represent people that served our nation and many who died for our freedoms. Okay, kids, this is the Arlington National Cemetery, and there are hundreds of thousands of people buried here, people that served 
for a long time or died in conflict. But I want to show you guys the tomb of the unknown soldier, okay? an adventure this series has been. Our grandkids learned that America is great because of its vastness, its natural beauty, its resources, its rivers and oceans, its hard workers, its great minds, its valor, its sacrifice. America is a great nation. And the secret? This country was founded upon God and his word. This is real history which cannot be changed. But the hope for the world is not America. The hope for the world is Jesus and his sacrifice for our sins. Can you imagine the sacrifice that Jesus made for us on the cross? Now, do you guys remember those Bible verses that you said on the last episode? One was John three sixteen. Do you remember that one? Can you say that one? John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's so good. Now, do you remember Ephesians 2, 8 and 9? For my grace are you saved through faith, and not yourself. It is a gift of God, not of works, any man should boast. That's it. So those verses and so many more in the Bible talk about how we can be saved from sin. And really, that's what the Bible says. We're sinners and we need a Savior. And Jesus made that sacrifice. He gave his life, his innocent, perfect life for us. And he says, if you will believe in me, if you will trust in me, you will be saved. I hope that you all will pray for these broadcasts to be able to hit home into people's hearts and minds and that they would see the end where these beautiful little children quote scripture that is the true hope for our country and true hope for our world and true hope for each and every one of us. And so we're excited as uh, that second one is going to air this Wednesday on TBN and it's available now on YouTube. And if you want to send that, you can send a link to other people and uh, show them, you know, hey, for 4th of July, would you all sit down and watch? Here's the story of our national anthem. 
And a lot of people don't know that story and how important that these songs are to us as Americans, but how they really portray even the national anthem, we, we only usually heard the first verse, but on, on these um, episodes, we put multiple verses. And, you know, that last verse talking about our motto is in God we trust. And so, again, let's promote that and let's make sure other people see it and uh, get saved. Now, we ended by talking about the gospel, and it's a wonderful, wonderful message of hope. Uh, the Bible says that we're sinners, and let this represent sin. And this is us. We all have sinned. And fallen short of the glory of God, God who has who is perfect, who is holy, uh, cannot cannot even look upon sin. Our sin separates us from Him. What is sin? Well, sin is the things that we've not done that we should have done. Uh, the sin is doing those things that we shouldn't have done. It's uh, lying. It's cheating. It's rebelling. And you say, "Well, I'm a pretty good person." Yeah, but are you perfect? No, we've all sinned. God cannot tolerate sin, has to judge it. That means eternal separation. Eternal separation from the creator. But that's not what he wants because he loves you. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, Jesus, had no sin, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have what? Everlasting life. That's a gift. It's a gift. It's by grace that you're saved through faith. It's not of yourselves. It's a gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. Have you ever received the gift of eternal life? That's the hope for you. That's the hope for this great country. That's the hope for this world. Because God love, loves the world and God loves you. And he'd proven that by sending his son Jesus to die for your sins on a cross and to rise again. And if you'll trust in him, you'll be saved and I hope that you have that assurance of eternal life today.